Hey, what's going on, guys? My guest today is a drag queen and also someone who is trying to build a business and a brand around themselves, is working really hard and making some really exciting moves. I, I had a great time sitting down and talking with them. We covered a lot. We had a lot of fun. And it was just a really good time. So please give it up for Skylar Celeste. job since I was 17. Wow. Yeah. Nine. Yeah. A lot more than I'd like to say. Whoa. I wish I was able to stay at some a little bit longer than I did. But uh, yeah, I've done barista, server, uh, medical receptionist. Oh like, shit. You've bounced around a little bit. I have. Yeah. Oh damn. Yeah. Why don't you, I think that's awesome. I think you should experience as many yeah. things as you can, you know? Exactly. Especially with my career path with what's going on, like with me doing drag and stuff. Mm -hmm. Once I turn 21, that's all I'm going to be doing. Oh, so shit. how old are you now? I'm 20. I just okay. turned 20 a few days ago, September okay. 15th. So oh, congratulations. Thank Happy you. belated birthday. Yeah. So yeah, it's just, uh, Right now, I'm just getting the ball rolling for like long-term success. So, okay, building yeah. building the foundation. Exactly. For it. Okay. Yeah. Why 21 for drag? So Is there like an age um, thing. Yeah, like with uh, bars and stuff, they like oh, normally don't allow okay. people under 21. But also, um, the world like world-renowned RuPaul's Drag Race uh, only casts people who are 21 years old okay. or uh, over. Okay. So you have to be 21 in order to audition. So that gives me a little bit more time to prepare to like hopefully get on the show, fingers crossed, mm. you know. But um, yeah, that's like my ultimate goal is nice. to get on Drag Race. So Is RuPaul's Drag Race, is that like a TV show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, um, it's a like, it's a... It's a challenge-based show, like, it's a competition-based show, okay. um, fairly similar to, like, Survivor, where, like, every week, they're, like, the group of competitors are given a challenge, whoever does the best in the challenge, you know, like, wins that challenge. Okay. And then the two or three, however many don't do well, like, at all, uh, end up having to do, like, a little elimination challenge, and on Drag Race, that's lip-syncing against each other. So, like, oh, performing against each other. Yeah. And then whoever does the worst in that lip sync gets sent home. And then whoever, uh, like whoever does the best in the lip sync survives. So. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. What are these? What are the challenges they have you do? Oh gosh. Um. So the most famous challenge from Drag Race would be Snatch Game. Which Snatch is, Game. Yeah. It's pretty great. It's um. It's like a parody of the old uh like uh game show Match Game, um, which is where uh. The celebrities make up a panel of like people, like celebrities, like movie stars, uh, singers, all kinds of people, and then there'll there'll be two people who are like the actual contestants, and they're just like everyday people. Mm -hmm. And the goal is like the host will say like, um, like, sad Sally is so sad because she, and then blank, and then the two competitors have to fill in their answers along with the like celebrities so the celebrities will give their answers and then if those two ma answers match then you get a point okay so it's like that but with drag race the queens who compete on drag race have to impersonate a celebrity while doing it as well so they're making up the panel of people and they will do um 
like characters like last season somebody did maria the robot um like ivanka trump like all kinds oh, of like man. really crazy absurd people like britney spears like all kinds oh, of people. no shit yeah so it's really fun like that and then um there will be like two like contestants like sort of say but the goal of the challenge itself is just to be as funny as possible oh, and really awesome. to like nail the impersonation but also be like super super funny so it's like a game show yeah and everyone's in like Full, is it, what did you say, like outfit, full, drag. full outfit, full yeah. drag. Okay. Yeah. So and they're just up there competing with it. Basically, yeah. Okay. And then there are other challenges like the ball challenges, which is where um, typically it's three looks that you have to do in a single episode. Uh, the first two you bring from home. So like before you get on Drag Race, you get a few months to prepare to like get on. Like once you get the call t- and they're like, hey, you made it onto Drag Race. Woohoo. Uh, you get a few months to like actually get things started and like gather your outfits because they okay. give you a list of like outfit challenges that you have to like meet. be prepared for. Yeah. Okay. So they'll give you the first two and then the third you have to make yourself at the studio like itself, like on the show. Oh, really? Yeah. And so like there's that challenge. There are acting challenges. Like there was one where they had to like make their own hotel, like hotel suite and then like sell it like to the customers. Oh, wow. It was pretty funny. But yeah, all kinds of different challenges. It's amazing what they come up with. But like, it's the perfect hybrid of like Survivor meets uh, like Next Top Model and like all kinds of like different competition shows. Huh. Yeah. And so what do they, what do you get if you win? Is it like a cash prize? Yeah. So okay. it depends on what, like what season and also where you're located. So mm-hmm. like um, RuPaul's Drag Race has recently gone outside of the United States there's now uh, Drag Race Thailand. There's oh, RuPaul's wow. Drag Race UK, uh, Canada's Drag Race, and just now starting Holland's Drag Race. Whoa! So yeah, so it's, it's getting it's it's going all up. over. Yeah, so it really depends on where you're at because like UK's Drag Race, um, in the United Kingdom, they have certain like game show laws that are different from the United States. So the winner of season one of like Drag Race UK didn't win any money, mm-hmm. but US Drag Race, the normal amount you'd win would be. Um, would be like a hundred thousand dollars. Oh wow! And then, like every challenge that you win, you also get like something additional. They'll be like, "Oh, and you've won like a five thousand dollar gift card to like this tuxedo shop or whatever." Oh, cool! Like it's like basically like companies that sponsor RuPaul's yeah. Drag Race, and then the contestants get that free product, but also the company gets their name out there too. Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. It's exciting. Is that like the biggest drag show, or they're like more? Or that's kind of like the only one so, in the field right now. Um, RuPaul's Drag Race is definitely the biggest. It's like the trendsetter, but there are other like competitions. The second biggest is Dragula, which is Dragula. a basically a horror version of RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, man. So it's like all of these like super alternative queens that are super like grungy and crazy, and they compete on like an alternative version of it that's hosted by uh, these two queens called the Boulet Brothers. And they're I think they're in a relationship. I don't think they're actually related. Okay. But they look incredibly similar in drag. Uh, just one's taller than the other. But, you know, um, it's it's really cool. It's really crazy. Their elimination challenges are insane. I would never be able to go on to, like, Dracula because of their elimination challenges. They've had ones where uh, whoever takes the most amount of piercing needles in their body gets to stay. Oh, um, man. You have to be buried alive with, like, insects and snakes. And whoever stays the longest in there gets to stay. 
uh, you have to get like a really nasty tramp stamp that the other contestant picks out for you. Like all kinds of. So like, it's almost like a fear factor. Yeah, thing. it's like okay. a fear factor saw version of RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, damn. Yeah, it's insane. That's crazy. Yeah. How, wow. Yeah. It's That's wild. crazy. That's insane. Yeah. And then there's other competitions that are like way smaller that are like on Instagram, YouTube, and I've done two of them actually. Okay. Um, the first one was Queen's Purgatory on Instagram. It's an Instagram based competition. So it's in the format of Instagram. So it will have like the three pictures that continue down. And it. I was on season five. Um, I was one of the finalists. Uh, so second slash third place. And that was like... It was really cool. Like that was my first competition I ever did. And I made a lot of friends. I also didn't make a lot of friends at the same time. Like there are some problems. Like in the LGBTQ community, there's always like something going on. There's drama, whether we like to admit it or not. But I did that and I got uh, the finalist position, like uh, second or third place. So that was really cool. Oh, wow. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah. That was a year ago now, I think, that I did that. Oh, wow. And then, um, yeah, we wrapped up the season about a year ago so um and then i just finished a, like a month or two ago doing the drag ball which is a youtube based competition which is fairly similar to rupaul's drag race um like in structure but um a little bit different it has its different things um but i got sixth place on there um i was kind of like my own saboteur in that like spot i got really really cocky and full of myself and it just came to my demise i like bit the dust so hard it was it wasn't a good time but you know i'm excited for what the future holds i may or may not come back for a later season who knows um but yeah that's what i've been doing lately is just like doing drag and like working in the mall which as kaz said when he was on has been a wild ride yeah because like yeah it's been wild. Oh my god. I I love when people come in without their masks on. Oh, it's man. so entertaining. I'm like, "Can you put your mask on, please?" And they like there's one lady who literally just stared me like dead in the eyes and like slowly lifted it and then put it right back to where it was. Oh, and I was man. like, "You got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. Really? You got to test me?" People love to fight it. Yeah, they like, do. Like they're just not happy. It's wild. And I'm like, "So, I watched this really great TikTok and it explained like what masks actually do and it had like this one like chart where it was like okay like so we wear masks and we don't wear masks and then masks work and they masks don't work Mm -hmm. and basically it just all came down to like oh if we wear masks and masks work then we save lives and things are fine if we wear masks and mask or wait no if we wear mask oh god i forget what it was again but long story short it basically yeah it basically said like the worst that will happen is that you have to wear a mask for 20 minutes while you're in a store. Yeah. Like, it's amazing It's really to me. not that big, yeah. of a, big of an issue. Yeah. And the same people that are complaining about wearing a mask are the people who, like, during the fall season will, like, wear, like, those big scarves over their face and, like, hunters who will wear, like, the hunting masks and stuff like that or, like, the Halloween masks. And I'm like, oh, you don't have a problem with those, but... Once the government says that it's a good idea, you have it's a, problem a problem with it. Yeah. Well, even doctors, I mean, they're wearing masks for yeah. 10, 12 hours. Yeah. You know? And like, they were doing it before there was even a pandemic thing. Yeah. Because, like, if you cough in somebody's open chest, it's just, like, cut open. It's going to be a problem. There's going to probably yeah. be a problem. It's like, not going to be good. Bit. Like, you don't want your doctor to, like, hack a loogie right into your, like, sternum. Yeah. 
That gets dicey. Yeah. Well, they've had, I mean, well, actually, I don't know if this is true or not, but I feel like I've heard horror stories of like utensils being left yeah. in people and then they go back to the hospital and they're yeah. like, oh shit. Like there's... that untold stories of the ER, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, how crazy would that be? Yeah. I mean, it's insane. You go and have your um, appendix removed and then yeah. accidentally leave a rag or something. You, I don't know if that actually happened. Somebody should definitely fact check that, but we'll see. I feel like yeah. in the you know the, the viewers will tell us yeah yeah they'll reach out and be like yeah. or <laughs> like, yeah that's here's this crazy story yeah um that is insane yeah How, so when you say drama like what is it just like reality drama of like everyone's competing to win so then you're kind of at oh each my other God, like no. what happens no not at all oh, it's man. <laughs> well there's some of that there's a little bit of that but a lot of it is like really personal sometimes like like jabs like yeah okay like to try to like mess with your psyche. comments about like people's bodies like oh, comments about their faces their makeup abilities like all kinds of things even sometimes like the one big thing that happened to me that got me like canceled um which, you were canceled yeah cancel culture ain't that fun. oh man um was i made a joke that at the time i thought wasn't that inappropriate and it like looking back at it now with the knowledge that I have now, it was inappropriate. Um, I made a reference to one of those Brandon Roger like vines from like way back in the day when he was like, "There's only one thing worse than a like," and then the guy says, "No" or whatever. It was. It I'm was so lost. Wait, that's what? okay. It's okay. It's like back in the day, like probably when I was in middle school, so you're mm-hmm. probably just going into high school. But um, yeah, I just like made this comment. And the entire community blew up on me. Oh, and shit. I honestly can easily say I'm so glad they did. Because mm-hmm. I would not have learned, like, how to, like, hold my tongue if that didn't happen. Like, I literally had to – well, I didn't have to. I wanted to just because of, like, other things going on with Instagram too. But I ended up, like, deleting my profile basically and starting a new one, like, Oh, fresh. wow. Because yeah. of the backlash? Not because of the backlash backlash specifically but that definitely was a part of it mm-hmm. um i've also gone through like a few name changes in drag just like kind of like as a symbol of like starting new but also just like kind of discovering a new part of myself within that as well mm-hmm. so like oh gosh my first drag name was adora bell like adorable Ador- oh yeah man. and that was like way long ago and then i discovered electrics which came from like, my love for Pokemon and stuff like that. And, like, just, like, that, like, like that bad girl energy, basically. And so I rolled with that for a good while. And then I changed it to type, which was a moment in itself. We'll say that. Um, was Like, it didn't last very long. And then I finally settled on Ultra, which is my Correct. final drag name. Okay. Yeah. Just because, like, I feel like Ultra is the perfect, short, simple... Gets the point across. Nobody else has that name. Like, it fits. Yeah. Okay. Because, like, when I had electrics, I was dealing with people not spelling my name right, people mm-hmm. thinking that my name was Electra, which is overused as hell in the drag community, you know? So it's, yeah, I've, like, found that, like, okay, this is my name. Like, this is my brand. So how do you go about finding that in drag? Because I feel like you're yeah. almost, like, kind of, I mean, I have no idea, but like, I would assume you're like kind of building an ident, like a stage personality yeah. type thing. Basically, it it really depends on the performer mm-hmm. and like the drag queen or king, whatever they're trying to portray. Because for me, it's 
not so much as creating like a new personality. It's more of like an extension of myself. Mm -hmm. It's more of like like an amplified version. Like I myself am a guitar, but when I get into drag, I get the amplifier too. So like it's oh, that's like an interesting point. yeah. Yeah, it's like that for me, but it definitely depends on the like drag queen or drag king, whichever they choose to go by or perform as. Um, but yeah, some people, they find their identity like that. Like it's super quick, super easy. Um, for others, it takes a while like it did for me. Um, but yeah, it's like it takes a while, mm -hmm. you know, like you're really trying to discover like, okay, what will stick in people's heads? Like, and of course, not always everybody, like, not everybody's always trying to, like, brand themselves or, like, advertise themselves. I'm trying to do that because my end goal is to, like, get on Drag Race and be, like, this big name. Um, but for other people, it's not always like that. So they're just like, oh, my drag name will be this and I'll do this and it'll be great and it'll be fun. But for me, it's more of, like, a business, mm -hmm. you know? You're, like, building your brand. Yeah. Like who you are. Exactly. Okay. It's exactly like that. So that's like the premise around like my drag and like my goals with it is to really like build myself as like an like a professional in the industry and for only being 20 years old I've been doing drag for three years I've hosted th uh two of Humboldt Pride's events so like the big pride events that they used to do like down in Halverson Park um they moved it to the Jefferson Community Center and uh I hosted uh, 2018 and 2019. Oh, wow. Um, so that was really cool. I also organized the, like, nightlife and the performances and stuff. And then um, I also performed in Kansas City, Missouri when I went and visited there. That was really cool. I actually met two of the girls from RuPaul's Drag Race when I was there, so that was awesome. Oh, wow. Um, and then when I was living in San Francisco, I was performing a lot, making a lot of connections there. And, like, yeah, it was it's, I've had a wild ride so far, and I've how done you, a lot. How did you find drag? Did you just kind of so, like stumble across it? or I don't know if you remember me from high school, but... I do, yeah. I, yeah. From the play. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of was like my first real exactly. introduction to... And I, like, I was always that weird kid. I was always the one who was wearing like weird clothes to school. I was doing like the weird makeup and stuff. And like... I, like, I always had a passion for doing makeup. I always had a passion for, like, doing hair and, like, dyeing my hair. I used to have a different color every single week when I was in high school. It was wild. Um, and, like, I always liked making outfits and stuff. So one day when I was going through YouTube, I found this one drag queen, Willem, who was from season four of RuPaul's Drag Race. And that was my official, like, introduction to drag. And ever since then, it just clicked in my head. I was like, this is it. Mm -hmm. Like, this is where all the puzzle pieces, like, really connect for me. So that's, like, where I started, basically, was just being that weird kid. And then, like, everything just fell into Clicked. place after that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so you started – how did you start? Like, what did you start? To... So I, like, I started with the makeup part. Mm -hmm. That took some learning. Um, I've been doing makeup for – seven years now okay so um it's taken a long time to get to where i'm at like makeup is definitely like a practice thing mm -hmm. like if you will not get good at it unless you practice because nobody's born with just being able to flawlessly do makeup um so it's like i started with the makeup part and that took me a while and then i started to get into like the outfits and the hair and like i bought my first wig and all that and i thought that i was like this elite like little 17 year old who thought I could do everything I looked busted for a long time oh man I did I really did but um now I'm like 
like this glamazon it's amazing you got it kind of yeah locked in it's literally like i'll be sitting there doing my makeup like my makeup process normally takes about two hours of me just like sitting so basically the length of one of your podcasts i'll just be sitting there in front of a mirror doing my makeup that is insane and like at some point i won't recognize the change and then like it'll be like oh i'm a woman now Mm -hmm. whoa like it's super cool so yeah it's like for me it's kind of like because like for every drag artist the intention of their drag is different Mm -hmm. like for some it's the like changing of genders like wanting to look like a woman or wanting to look like a man for others it's the performative aspect so like getting up on stage and doing something crazy for others it's the artistic aspect like all kinds of different things for me it's like a mixture of all of that so like i like like the shift in like looking like a woman but i also like doing like really big extravagant makeup mind you i haven't done it for a while but you know like you get into that habit of doing the same thing on your face over and over again. And that's kind of what I fell into. But yeah, I'm like a conglomerate of all facets of drag, I like to think. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I do my own video editing. I mix my own like audio mixes for performances. I alter, make, and like edit my own costumes. Oh, that's awesome. Like, yeah, I you do. You kind of got it yeah. going from the ground up. Yeah, I was like all self-taught pretty much like... I've had like drag siblings and drag mothers in the past, which didn't work out all the time. Um, And like, it's definitely like a weird kind of like world with the drag families that I never really got into. Um, But I like pretty much have just been self-taught. So, yeah. I think that makes it mean more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like with all this, like I had no idea what I was doing. Like, this wasn't handed to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, you're kind of learning from the ground up. And so if you make a mistake, A, you know how to fix the mistake. But, B, it's like, okay, you know, I'm making progress. Like, you can look back and be like, oh, man, I made this mistake a year ago that I'm not making now. And, you know, that's growth. I think I just think it makes it mean more when you have to, like, when you're striving for it and working for it instead of someone just handing it to you and being like, okay, here run with it yeah exactly and i've known a lot of people who have gotten that like handed to them like treatment doesn't always end well there's some who are really really grateful and Mm -hmm. very humble um but in general it doesn't really end well Mm -hmm. but you know it's different with everybody like a lot of people are self-taught a lot of people have had help a lot of people just have everything handed to them that's okay like if you're a good performer like i'll book you like i'll have you on my show i'm cool but like yeah, it's the drag world is a trip. It's wild. Is it a close knit community? It sounds like there's like a little bit of tension, but it's it's like a family. Like it's like a family. Like if one little like family member has drama, the entire family hears about it. Okay. Yeah, it's very much like the YouTube community in that sense. It's like, like passed through the group. Yeah, if like there's something that happens with this person with this person, Everybody somebody knows. else is going to make a video about it and tell people and then everyone will know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But as a whole, we're a very like supportive of each other community. Um, mind you, like every batch has a few rotten eggs, but you know, like it, it is what it is. Like everyone has to roll with that kind of stuff. And yeah, like, that's just life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Th- I mean, you're going to find bad eggs in any group that you single exactly, out. Exactly. You know yeah. I mean? And we had a few at Eureka High, didn't we? Yeah. There's some <laughs> crazy people. Yeah. There's some crazy people just in life. You pass on the Period. street and you're like, okay, I need to exactly. you know, yeah. go somewhere else. 
Yeah. That's just part of life. Yeah. You're always going to run. People are so unique and there's so many different dynamics that play into a yeah. person that you're never really going to exactly. know until you cross their path. And then you're like, okay, yeah. like I don't need to do that again. And it sucks that it took me so long to realize this, but negative energy attracts negative energy. Yes. And it, I, when I thought about that, I was like, my exactly. That is exactly it. Yeah. And ever since I've just been surrounding myself with this much positive energy, like I've been really like forcing it on myself, like listening to like happy music and like having like, I just got a neon sign from Target that says good vibes on it. Oh, cool. And like all kinds of things, like having like plants and stuff around me, like just forcing that positivity on yourself does actually work. Like yeah, people don't realize that when you take in so much negativity, like that weighs on you. Yeah. Like it just, it's all coming in. And if you're not, you know, coping with it and moving yeah, it somewhere else, it exactly. just stays with you. And yeah. then you're just upset all the time. You're like, why? It's, I just woke up. Why am I in a bad mood? Yeah. It's like, well, you looked at your phone for 45 minutes and saw this negative content. And yep. That's the start of your day now. Yeah. I just got all the YouTube drama off of my like suggested feed for YouTube. Oh, man. Do you have like a YouTube page? I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's Ultra Pain. That was like my old drag last name. I've since like just edited it down to Ultra. Mm -hmm. uh, but Ultra Pain is still on the YouTube channel. But yeah, I just posted my uh, birthday show performances on there. I hosted this like little like online birthday show where I had like a bunch of my friends from around the United States submit drag performances to me. And I was hoping that it would be like a full show, like an hour long with like in between messages and stuff. But that dang copyright gets me oh. every time. I, it got me on Facebook, got me on Instagram, got me on YouTube. But for the strangest reason, all of those like songs work perfectly fine by themselves. Like when they're in their own separate video, because all of the other like individual performances are still up on my page. But huh. the full length thing with like the in-between segments, the audio's cut out in every single performance. Oh, wow. Every single one. It makes no sense to me. I don't know how it works. Yeah, I don't understand the whole copyright. Yeah, thing. I don't know how. I these just try not to like. I don't know how these big YouTubers do it. it. I'm like, how do you learn all that information? Yeah. It's crazy. Especially like for certain podcasts, they'll show clips of yeah. like, you know, news articles or other segments of other podcasts and stuff. And I'm like, man, I don't even know. Like, is that, can you do, because I hear all the yeah. time, like, oh, you're going to get copyrighted. They're going to flag your page. It, it all depends. And I think how you word it, like on your mm. page, like, like the disclaimers and stuff. Cause I see all kinds of disclaimers on YouTube videos now. Like, oh, this was, uh, this is legal to use under like the free copyright act of like, this is for like entertainment yes. or something. Yeah. All kinds of weird things. And I'm like, damn, I didn't know I had to go to law school to be a YouTuber. Right. Like, yeah. There's a lot that goes into it. it that most people is. don't, because you never see it unless you're like putting yeah. out a YouTube video and you're like, man, I have to watch yeah. out for this. And then like the like hundreds, like to thousands that they spend on like equipment and stuff. Like I heard you talking about like your setup here and like this is small for nor like for oh, all yeah, these this other, is nothing. like all these other like big, like, uh, like Jenna and Julian's like, podcast they have this huge setup their own room and everything like everything like state-of-the-art equipment and like it just goes on and on from there but like yeah yeah it's crazy how expensive doing that stuff is and people think it's like so easy but it's really not i mean you could start podcasting is kind of easy because you could start with just your phone yeah and like you know a cheap little microphone for 15 bucks yeah and just go and people do do that you start that way and then it 
you know, you get the little inklings in your mind of, man, I could like, yeah, start to make this into something. And then you add on all the other production stuff and it just like, oh, I'm starting to get some views. Maybe now is a good time to start investing a little bit more. Get some better cameras or some better mics or some better lighting. And then it just grows. And then there you have it. Now you're at like 200,000 subscribers and like, like a hundred million views or whatever. Like, yeah. 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 When something blows up like that, you just never know. Something yeah. just get there. Yeah. It's so, a, oh, what, what? Go for it. No, 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 you. Okay. I was going to say, like, yeah, it's, like, almost the same sense when it comes, like, when, like, queens are announced that they're on Drag Race, their Instagram pages will go from, like, 3,000 followers up to, like, 50,000 within, like, oh, a wow. few hours. It's insane. From the Ru- RuPaul thing? Yeah, from okay. getting on RuPaul's Drag Race. And then they will, like, instantly become verified and everything, like... It's a like it blows it's crazy up how fast it blows up and like I've heard like I've talked to a few queens from Drag Race before and they're like it's a trip like it's wild how quickly things change for you and like there's no way to prepare for it like they say like oh like there's like you can always like do something like prepare yourself like for like the worst or whatever but there's no preparing for it yeah there's none like it's just like you're along for the ride and it's gonna take you wherever it's gonna go like you can like traject its path or whatever like move it around but it's gonna go somewhere it's its own beast yeah you're just along you're just holding on and hoping it hoping it goes well yeah exactly are there so what happens to the people that win are they are they kind of focused on building their brand and then they like diverge into something else or so there's no real like set expectations Mm -hmm. for the winners of drag race um season two's winner just got arrested for vandalism um yeah huh yeah, she doesn't like to be referred, like, she doesn't like to say that she's a part of the Drag Race franchise anymore. Um, she had had all these kinds of problems. She had threatened to, or she made all these threats that alluded to her bombing RuPaul's DragCon in L.A. Uh, she, like, wow. posted imagery of RuPaul in a Confederate flag dress and all these kinds of things. And then, like, just a few weeks ago, she got arrested for vandalizing an apartment building, saying, do not live here, like, all over the wall with spray paint. Whoa! And I'm like, wow. Like, just imagine, like, what you could have done with your life if you just didn't do that. Yeah. You know? Like, literally anything other than that. Where would you be? So, they're talking about recrowning season two, like, with the other person who was in the top two with her. But um, we'll see. I don't know. There's all kinds of rumors that go through, like, the drag race community. They're called the, like, Nancy Drews. Like, on Reddit, they're always, like, going through, like, oh, I have, like, some spoilers for you guys. Like, here's the tea or whatever. But it's, like, yeah, there's a lot of, like, drama in that sense. Like, just, like, people will find out who the cast is on Drag Race months before the season airs. Even, like, almost a year up to before the season airs or is even announced. It's wild. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Because, like, when you get on Drag Race, you get all access to the internet and outside world taken from you while you're filming. Because they don't want the world to know that you're casted on. Oh, so Um, they, like, lock you down. Yeah. Like, they will duct tape your... Like, they will put you into your hotel room. Uh, They will duct tape the door shut. And then if there's any alterations to that duct tape when the producers come in the morning and they see that, then they'll know that you, like, got out. Oh, shit. It's crazy. That's a little insane. The stories I've heard are insane from queens who have been on Drag Race. But, yeah, they lock you down. But it's funny because, like, if these queens aren't on social media all at the same time, 
that's how they gets figure out who gets on Drag Race. Oh. Is like these queens like stopped being on social media from the sequester. And then, like, whoever usually gets back on social media first is usually the person who's, like, one of the first to be eliminated and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's kind of, like, counterproductive, you know, but I guess it works. It's the thought that they just don't want them, like, posting stuff about what's happening or... Yeah, they don't that want... a little extreme walking them... They walking don't want to run the, run the risk. They, like, turn off, like, GPS and stuff on, like, your stuff so that way, like, people can't track your phone. Like, all kinds of stuff. Like, you don't get internet access. Like, you can bring a DVD player with you, but it can't have access to the internet. That is crazy. Yeah. Are they going to, like, a remote location to film these things? Or is this, no, like, in No, it's in LA. LA. Okay. Yeah, they film in LA. Um, it's World of Wonder Productions that is, like, the producer of the show. Like, the, like, company that makes the show actually happen. And they've been doing it pretty much since day one, I think. But, yeah, it's crazy how, like in-depth the show goes like you think like oh this is just a small little show like they probably don't go that crazy they go that crazy Jesus. like rupaul just won six emmys for the for drag race wow yeah wow yeah it's crazy that's insane yeah has this when did rupaul's drag race start is this like a fairly um, new no they're currently on they just finished filming season 13 oh wow um they just started filming all star six and then all of the other spinoffs for like Holland, Canada, UK, and Thailand have all happened as well. But um, season one aired, I think, in 2008 or 2009. Okay. I think it was 2009. So it's been over 10 years. Wow. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah. But it really didn't start to blow up until season five or six, I want to say. Mm -hmm. And then it started to really get traction. Yeah. Well, yeah, if it's all over the world like that, I mean, exactly. That's yeah. insane. I've never, I've never heard of that. That's I'm gonna have to definitely check it out now. Yeah, most of like pretty much all of the other like seasons that aren't like the U.S. seasons um, are on the Wow Presents Plus app, mm -hmm. which is like three bucks to download. Like it's super like. Is cheap it broadcasted on any? Yeah, TV it's broadcasted okay. on, like it's broadcasted on TV, but not on U.S. television. It's like the okay. television in wherever it's being like like whatever franchise or whatever it's going off of. So like if it's like in Holland, it'll be on TV in Holland mm -hmm. or like the neighboring countries, you know? But the one in LA is on some local channel, I would imagine. Right? Yeah. And yeah, then okay. it's also broadcasted around the world, I think. But yeah, it's Damn. it's wild how fast it's grown. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a cultural phenomenon now. Jesus. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome that it's caught on like that. Yeah. How many contestants do they have at a time? So it depends on the season. They start. They started out with like ten contestants per season, um, and it's gradually built up to uh, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Like that's the like twelve to fifteen is the median of like or the range of an amount of contestants. Um, this season, this upcoming season, season thirteen, from what I've heard so far, is going to be like the longest and biggest season of Drag Race yet with i think 18 episodes in total oh, damn. yeah which is a lot normally it's only like 12 so wow yeah it's it's gonna be a lot i'm really excited um i can't like spoil anything you know but yeah. like it's like it's i've heard that it's gonna be like one of the best seasons yet so oh, that's damn. really exciting is it only is it only guys dressing up as girls are there girls that do so, it reverse 
that's one of the things. So like drag, anybody can do drag. It's mm-hmm. just an art form. It has nothing to do with gender or what you identify as. Nothing like that. Like you could do drag. I do drag. Your mom could do drag if she wanted to. Like it doesn't matter. Um, but unfortunately with thing like with RuPaul's views herself, um, she doesn't view things the same way as like everybody else does. She's not the most politically correct. Mm-hmm. Um, so unfortunately, like cis women who are women who are born as a woman and identify as a woman, like they were born with female genitalia and they identify as a woman. Um, they aren't allowed on Drag Race um, because RuPaul thinks that at, that makes it too easy for them because they already look like a woman. Um, which couldn't be any further from the truth. I mean, there is a tiny bit of truth to that, but in the most physical way possible, mm-hmm. like in the most like face value, like skin value way, like it's, it, do- it really doesn't matter. But, um, and then unfortunately drag Kings aren't allowed on drag race either. Um, because I, like, I honestly don't know why they just had a drag King on season three of Dragula. So it can be done and it will be done soon. Um, the franchise is definitely expanding, um, like with political views, uh, Drag Race Holland, even though RuPaul isn't the host of Drag Race Holland, they, uh, for season one, have their first bearded queen, which is like somebody who like does all their makeup, but they still have like a beard underneath and stuff. And then um, with season 13, they have um, the first ever trans male drag queen. So they transition from being a female to a male and perform as a drag queen. So that's also really, really exciting wow, for, crazy. for the franchise. And then um, season six of All Stars has some uh, trans competitors as well. So yeah, it's it's definitely, they're definitely growing um, when it comes to like political views and how things should be done. Um, but it's just a shame that it took this long, mm-hmm. you know? Well, I feel like it's probably just like, you know, anything else like, society's perception kind of has to catch along and grow yeah. with it. Like yeah, with I mean, things, I guess. that is a fact, but, like, RuPaul's Drag Race being on TV, like, when it first came out, was, like, jaw-dropping to begin with. Oh, I bet. Like, people were stunned that, pe- that like, a producer would allow that to be on television. Um, so there's no reason for it to not be able to start then, you mm-hmm. know? Like, it, it just all factored into RuPaul's individual views, unfortunately. But like I said, things are growing. Things are becoming a lot more PC. So we'll see where the future PC. lies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, a, so a drag queen is someone that dresses up like a female or like. Yes. And then a drag king, it would be someone that dresses up like a male. Yes. Okay. So, and anybody can be a drag king. Anybody can be a drag queen. It has nothing to do with the transition in between. Mm-hmm. So like I could do drag king stuff if I wanted to. It's just. Basically, like, what drag at its core is, is just the extension of female or uh, the extension of feminine or masculine energy or the both combined or whatever branch out of that you want to do. It just has to do with gender expression, basically. Okay. So, like, anybody can do whatever they want. It There's no rules to drag. So, it's it just sucks when something is so popular and it makes people think that there are rules to drag when there's not, you know? Is so, that kind of what is happening now? Yeah, Is it gotten so big? Yeah, it's gotten so big that, like, people think that RuPaul's Drag Race is the standard for drag, which couldn't be any farther from the truth. RuPaul's Drag Race is the complete opposite of what real real life RuPaul, like, real life drag is. Because real life drag 
is sitting in your room for two hours doing your makeup and then driving to a show and performing for five hours and then going home and getting Denny's afterwards, like in full drag. Yeah. That's what drag is. Oh, man. But, um, yeah, it's, 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 I'm really happy that Drag Race exists because it needs to, but the way that it is ex- existing can change, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, things can be altered to be better for the community as a whole. Like, by making it more inclusive? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and definitely, like, yeah, doing that, basically. Just Mm. making it more inclusive and making it, like, what, like, how it should actually represent the LGBTQ community, being that there's so many different types of people along the LGBT spectrum that all of those facets should be included in an LGBT-related program, mm-hmm. you know? is Are there a lot of straight people that participate too? On Dragula, there was one queen who was married to a woman, but they called themselves heteroflexible. I don't know well, what I've that means. I have not heard that one before. I don't know what that means. Heteroflexible. But heteroflexible. So there's a new term huh. to look up on Urban Dictionary or something. Okay. But yeah. We'll leave that one to the... People listening to. Exactly. Yeah. Heteroflexible. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, so yeah, there's definitely people who are straight that participate in it. Um, I don't like defining things that I don't know the exact definition of, um, but there's all kinds of different things within the drag universe. Like uh, cross-dressing isn't the same as doing drag. There's like different, like differences between them. Um, the huh. one that I've heard from another person within the community is that cross-dressing is like a straight male dressing up as a woman when drag is like a gay male dressing up as a woman. But I know that's not always true, but that's just like the general idea that was like just portrayed through what the person said. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's just like one of my goals in like life with drag is to like show people that things aren't so like cookie cutter. You know, things can be however you want them to be. Like, I may be, like, a cis white male drag queen who just fits society standards of looking like a girl when I'm in drag. But that's couldn't be any farther from what I, like, stand by, you mm-hmm. know? So. Yeah, I think it's, import- it's important to push, you know, boundaries yeah. sometimes because then you know where things can go. I mean, look at where we are now. A lot of that stems from people pushing boundaries in different directions. Yeah, you know exactly. That's interesting. I wonder, because cross-dressing is like, there's a sexual aspect to it, right? Somewhat. Or is that, did I just it, make that up? It, like, there's definitely that connotation. Mm-hmm. Like, when you hear of cross-dressing, like, any normal person would have that also run through their mind just because of how it's been portrayed in media and, like, through, like, television and stuff like that. But... It really is just, like, all of those different kinds of things, like, whether it's drag or not, just depends on who's doing it mm-hmm. and what they're doing it for. Like, some people, like, they will, like, be in their house and they may be, like, 50 years old and have kids and be married to a woman, but they just like putting on girls' clothes. Yeah. Good for them, you know? Like, that's all that it has to be, you know? It doesn't need to be blown up to anything bigger than that. It doesn't need to be like, oh, well, it's also this. No, it's just a six-foot-three white dude who wants to put on dresses. Yeah. Yeah, we as a society really like to break things down 
into boxes. It needs to have labels so that way we're yes. not scared of it. Yeah. That's so that we what can understand is. it better, I think, yeah. too. is like we're trying to categorize it. Or that we can think we can understand it better. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. if you just accept that, like if you just take that at face value, then there's yeah. still so many questions. But if you exactly. break it into these other boxes then you can be like okay like now my i can wrap my head around yeah what it is fear stems from the unknown if you don't yes. know what something is you're afraid of it yes it's as simple as that like for example if you're afraid of spiders you probably don't know what that spider can do it's probably not even venomous or gonna hurt you anyways mm -hmm. you know i'm still scared of spiders anyways though <laughs> but you know like that's just an example yeah but yeah it's um it just comes down to like how people were raised what they were raised with what their own ideal ideologies are that's a hard word to say <laughs> um and like just like the things that they've been taught shown and things they want to see themselves mm -hmm. like it comes down to that and it's not always going to be correct what people are shown typically it's not but that's what we're here to do is like to show people like hey you're wrong <laughs> yeah like this is actually what it is and it's so much more magical and child-friendly than you think it is mm -hmm. like I have kids come to my drag shows all the time and they have a great time at like Humboldt Pride when I performed the entire front row was like kids who were like five years old. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was great. It was lovely. Oh, that is insane. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's been some scandals in the drag community with children. Um, there's one. He calls himself a drag kid. He's like 11, I think. His name is Desmond is Amazing. Um, that's like the name he goes by. And there's one photo that went around of him with season seven winner from Drag Race, Violet Chachki, where she was basically almost naked and he was there with him, like with the drag queen. And like there have been reports where Desmond has been taken to bars and stuff, being only like 11 years old. I mean, I'm sure they were under supervision of their parents and stuff, but still like there's all kinds of crazy things that happen in the community that definitely set us back a little bit in the public eye that being one of them. Um, but that happens with everything, you know? Like, everything will have something that'll stunt its growth for a bit, and then you just have to recover from it, you know? He's 11 years old and doing drag. Pretty much, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's, like, it's crazy to see, like, from when I was growing up. I mean, I'm still growing up. I'm only 20 <laughs> years old. But, like, um, to when, like, to now, how kids are growing up mm -hmm. it's completely it's, different oh, yeah. and it's only been like 10 years yeah it's been 10 years it's completely and things different are, from what it was five years ago exactly it's nuts and like i like i don't know how my mom would have done it if she was having me now it would be wild ride for sure couldn't imagine it would be crazy yeah because like i don't know it just astounds me i'm like damn am i really getting this old being like 20 years old and I'm like, what's that kid doing? Right. What the heck? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, did you ever think that it would get to this point when you first started? Did you ever think it would be like what it yeah. is now? Oh, you saw it coming. Yeah. Oh, like that's interesting. When, when I say it clicked, mm -hmm. it clicked. I was like, this is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my, my life. And I know I'm going to be successful at it. Oh, that's and, awesome. Like all of my family back me up on it they saw like the potential in me and they still see it and stuff like it's this is what I was destined to do and everybody saw that from the beginning within my family so I'm super grateful to have such a supportive family that I do um my great uncle he's come to my shows he's taken photos for me 
My grandfather's come to my shows. My uncle who lives in uh, Seattle has come to my shows. My mom comes to almost every single one of my shows. And not only does she come, she sells her jewelry there too. She's oh, how like, funny is that? We like tag team the show and I'll be like, hey, Burst don't forget to go check out. out my jewelry. And she'll be telling her little like followers on Facebook, be like, hey, don't forget to come to my drag show and see my son perform and also my jewelry. Oh, that's so, so cool. Yeah. I like all of my family really supports me and like it's not something that everybody gets mm. in the LGBTQ community. And I definitely don't take it for granted. I never will. And it's like so important to me that I have my family, you know? Yeah, I like, would imagine not a lot of people no, have that support. Unfortunately, it, it really sucks. Even nowadays, I see videos of people getting rejected by their families in 2020. Um, mind you, probably because of the political climate right now with things, with people on both spectrums thinking they can do more radical actions than normal. But either way, it's wild how much progress we've made in the community, but also not at the same time, you know? Like there's still so much to be done. And like every day our rights are trying to be taken away from us by the Orange Cheeto. And- <laughs> That's a good name. There, <sighs> yeah, it's- He doesn't help himself with that, with the orange no. spray paint that he puts on. Yeah, no. I wonder, is he doing this in the Oval Office? Do you think they have a little like tanning salon I'm set sure up he in added the bowling one alley in there. or something? Yeah. Just to go get a daily- Like got rid of the bowling up. alley. Who needs that? Let's put in a I'm not gonna bowl. Salon. We need a tanning salon. Yeah. Here. It's wild. Not even like an actual tanning salon. We just need a little spray booth. Where yeah. We can just yeah, you know, exactly. clean it up every now and then. Yeah. And like going back to earlier how I was talking about, I've been like surrounding myself by like more positive energy, removing politics almost fully from my everyday life has been a part of that. Oh, I bet. Just because like it's gotten so bad. Yeah. It's gotten so bad. It's scary. It's insane how crazy the world has gotten and my mom and my grandfather are both like we remember when nobody talked about politics like we were told like don't talk about who you voted for don't say who you voted for like all that and now it's all that's said nothing else is talked about of course covid came along and was like hey we're gonna talk about this too but it's like insane it's wild how crazy things have blown up within the past four years yeah and and the direction it seems like we're going is not comforting. That's no. the problem is it doesn't seem like like things are on the up and up. Like we're yeah. going to get better. It doesn't feel that way. And everybody's getting information from different sources, whether credible or not, whether like true or not. And it's not only like people say like, oh, the country's being divided in half. No, the country's being divided into five million different sections. Like every single person is going their own different way with how they feel because the two main parties have gone so far away from each other that they left all their followers somewhere in the middle to go somewhere else. You know, mm. like, of course there are people who went with them who are like, yeah, let's kill all gay people or whatever. But like, it's just insane how people are so upfront and reactive about it. Yes. And like, it's my way or the highway. Yeah, there's no nuance. No nuance. There's no room for conversation. There's not even room for actual facts. Yeah. If they disagree with how you feel about something, like, you don't need the facts because yeah. I know how I feel about it. And mind you, I'll make some comments on Facebook when I notice that people are being, like, really dumb. And I'll be like, hey, you look really dumb here. Yeah. Like, I did it just Sometimes the other day. people out like that. Yeah, I did it just the other day about Breonna Taylor, somebody being like, 
oh, well, you know oh, what? Shit. Like, somebody was like, well, they were invading the house of a drug dealer, so she had it coming or whatever. And I said, like, straight up, I was like, dude, you look really dumb. Like, nobody deserves to die, like, over anything. Like, of course, like, there are some things, like, if you kill a mass amount of people, yeah, goodbye. Like, have a good one. But, you know, like, like, I don't know. Back to what uh, one of the people who were on your podcast before said about, like, uh, like sex work and stuff. A lot of, like, sex work needs to be decrim- decriminalized as well, but so many other things do, too. Mm-hmm. Like, like just looking at um, other countries and how they've been doing things, there's a lot of things that can be implemented here to definitely make things more successful. Mind you, I'm no politician. I don't know, I don't know how everything works. Um, but it's, yeah, there's, like... Things are just not going well. Yeah. Well, you can look at Vegas and see how sex work is playing out. And it doesn't seem like it's it's hurting people. I mean, they haven't put a stop to it yet. So yeah. what's the difference between implementing it in Vegas? I, and yeah. Then... I haven't looked into it much myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but like from knowing how like crazy like sex trafficking is here in Humboldt, like in general, it's like I know that like things need to change, you yeah. know, like and that goes for like every single issue that we have as a country, you know. But yeah, that I guess will be our little political bit because like <laughs> we could spiral into this for like the rest of the podcast. Politics, you know? politics can be all consuming. All consuming, indeed. There yeah. was I do want to say one thing about the Brianna Taylor yes situation, and I don't yeah. even know situation. I don't want to call it a situation, but I don't know what you call it because. That is a very nuanced moment in history that mm-hmm. I don't think enough people are actually unpacking. And that's coming from me, who I, I, you know, we could spend a long time trying to figure out what actually happened. But there was a girl I just saw today. That's why I want to talk about it. And I was yeah. like, oh, my God, you brought that up. Uh, there was a girl who I'm friends with on Facebook. And I don't want to I don't want to shout her out because I don't know how much publicity she wants from it um because i haven't talked to her but i want to reach out to her i have a feeling i know who you're talking about you, pr- you probably do she's yeah. very very smart person i respect a lot of what she has to say she, because i know that it's coming from you know a thought-provoking yeah point knowing it, i i think we do know who we're talking about but like yeah probably I, like you and i both know her personally like she's not the type to be great inflammatory person. or anything no yeah yeah yeah, she's a great person, and she posted a thing about the Breonna Taylor, what happened, on Facebook, and she was just stating facts that had not been circulated. Publicized. Yeah, and I'm reading it, and I'm like, oh my god, like, I didn't know half this stuff, and I'm like, what? And so, I did what any sensible person should try to do, and, you know, Googled a few of those things, and they were true, and I was like, man, how many people need to hear this? Because it would alter their perception of what it yeah. is. Yeah, it's, hmm. Well, wait, so what she was saying, what she said in it was, you know, that the cops did knock. They did announce themselves. Um, Breonna Taylor was awake. She also had prior run-ins with the police. There was a dead body in her rental car. You know, her boyfriend was a drug dealer. And none of this excuses the fact that she's dead. Like she should, it's a tragedy that she's dead. It's horrific. My problem is, is I don't understand like where you draw the line from tragedy 
to to race, I guess, in a sense. Like, I'm worried that as a society, we are attributing race to all of these different nuanced problems mm-hmm. that might not really be about race. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm worried yeah. about the direction that we're going where we can't talk about these things because people are so afraid of being called a racist, which yeah. is which you should be afraid of that, but, like you have to be comfortable enough in yourself too to accept like if someone just calls you something you have to accept that you know i'm not that thing if you know who you are you know what i mean like we have to be able to have these conversations and the comments were getting nasty when Mm -hmm. i when i checked it because i was like oh man i know this is going to get some heat and i was reading it and it was none of the dangers of facebook yeah but that's the dangers of information in general is all she did was state these other facts that might help people create a fuller picture especially with you know the attorney general and everything he said like i mean you can look at that without emotion and be like okay like you know this paints a picture but then you bring emotion into it and people get dicey because it doesn't fit what they want it to mean i don't know if you saw that first comment on that post by that other girl um i'm not gonna say her name either but she's probably did she's a personal friend of mine and she mentioned like Oh, and this is all coming from, like, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, there's some truth to that. Because Mm -hmm. we're living in a time where the voices of certain people need to have the backseat. Because we've had the voices. Do you mean, like, white people? Yeah. Like, we've had the voice for so long. But that's crazy to say. Somewhat, but also, like, it's a radical statement with not as a radical meaning. Because we need to have the radical statement in order to get people to listen, you know? Like, for example, like, I don't want to get into this too much. I know, really, we're, but, we're just... I... Um, to put it point blank, um, with the situation with Breonna Taylor, I feel like with all of this other stuff coming out, it feels like there are puzzle pieces coming out to two different puzzles mm-hmm. that they're trying to put together. That doesn't work. It's like everyone has their own individual puzzle and they're building their own picture. Yeah. But nobody's looking around to be like, well, we all have different pictures right now. This is supposed to be the same event. Why are we not getting the same yeah. thing? But point blank period, she was killed. Tragic. She shouldn't have been killed. At most, she should have been arrested and like tried or whatever. I really don't know a lot of the information on it just because... Like I said, I have, like, I've been paying attention to what's been going on, but I haven't been letting it consume me. And it's hard to keep up. It's hard to keep up, and it's also easy to let it consume you. Oh, yeah. You know? And some of it, rightfully so. Like, the Black Lives Matter is incredible. like, the Black Lives Matter movement right now is incredibly important. Like, yes, things have changed since, like, the era of, like, when like Martin Luther King was around and things have gotten better from then, but there's still a lot of things to be better, like to be better at, you know, but it's really like from what I know right now at this very time, I'm not at a point where I can educate people on things um, as I don't know a lot myself. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like looking at it myself, it'd be really inappropriate for me to be trying to like feed information to people when, I'm not fully educated in it myself. That you is know? a great perspective to have. Because, like, it's, like, it's one thing to be a teacher when you're, 
when you know how to be a teacher and you've been taught how to be a teacher. But it's one thing to be a teacher, but also be like a student yourself mm -hmm. in a way, you know. But yeah, it's like I'm I'm not the one to come to for information regarding this. So mm -hmm. that's just what it boils down to. I'm curious about the the vo the backseat voice thing though like you genuinely feel like i'm i'm you know i see that you genuinely feel that but that's yeah. mind-blowing to me i would think that i think everyone should have an equal voice i they don't think should. it should be dependent on your skin tone you know yeah no i'm i'm not saying that because of my skin tone or anything i'm just saying that like period i'm just not that educated in the matter mm -hmm. and I don't want to give out information to people that I'm not 100% on myself. Okay. I, I see what you're saying. So it's yeah. an education thing. So it's not yeah. so much your race. No, it's, that it's not you, my race. Yeah. If you knew more about it, you'd be like, yeah, I can provide yeah, exactly. details. Okay. Okay. And like, thank God for the people who are out there right now fighting these battles, who know what they're doing, who know what things need to be changed, who know what things matter and need to matter. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I'm not one of those people, you yeah. know, like, and a lot of people aren't a lot. And there are some people who try to act like they are, mm -hmm. but they're not. And that kind of like taints the movement, you know, like they're giving out information that isn't correct. They're making things seem a way that they're not like, for example, like here in Humboldt, when we had our rallies and stuff, there was a few people who tried to make things violent. And luckily all the protesters who were peaceful quickly shut them down mm -hmm. and like tried to keep that from happening. I had a lot of friends who were there. They saw it firsthand. It was when uh, I think it was over uh, by Dutch Bros on Fifth Street where like the aggression started to happen or over by Target, something like that. But they tried to shut it down as quick as possible because they knew it wasn't going to end well. Yeah. So like, yeah, there are a lot of bad seeds in the group, but for the most part, it's a lot of good seeds. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the news, they want to publicize the big stories the that, news, man. that can get people talking. Yeah. People won't talk about the people who are doing good. That's not exciting. Yeah. People want to talk about the bad because that's exciting. Yeah. It's all about what's going what's gonna to get people to click and mm -hmm. read the story. Yeah. Whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting here and I'm, I can't – I'm thinking about that 11-year-old kid. Yeah. And I'm like, that is – insane but it's really not because if you told me yeah there's this 11 year old kid and he's doing stand-up comedy in all these clubs i'd be like oh wow you know yeah. but it's the same it's kind of the same thing kind of unfortunately drag still has that sexualized aspect to it mm -hmm. which is where a lot of people had that issue um specifically with violet tchotchke she is more of a burlesque drag performer um, her thing is like the very vintage burlesque style where it's very lacy, a lot of skin showing, like things like that. So the photo that went around was a photo of uh, Desmond and Violet like hugging, I think, or they were like within close proximity and she was pretty nude. Like, I think she just had, like, panties on or something. And this was with the 11-year-old? Yeah, and she's a grown yeah, that adult. gets dicey. It does. Um, and then also having children in bars gets dicey as mm. well. Because legally, that's not supposed to happen. Um, but Desmond blew up pretty quickly, um, like, in the earlier 2010s, 
or um, like a few years ago, I think, like 2015 or 16, around then, um, where Desmond started to get really popular. And so he kind of became like an icon in the LGBTQ community, period, for being like so young and so open about what they're about, Mm -hmm. you know? I'm not going to say what they identify as or what their, like, sexual orientation is because they probably don't fully know that themselves. They're still very young. Um, So I'm going to give them the room to grow on that and not label them with that. But, like, what they identify as right now and, like, how they portray themselves, like, and how open they are about it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Like, this kid has written a book already. This 11-year-old? It's a child's book, mind you. So it's like a picture book. But still, it's like an 11-year-old writing a book about inclusivity and, like, gender expression is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. But unfortunately, the public eye doesn't always see that, Mm -hmm. you know? They see the photo of him in Violet or... Like, the fact that he's going into bars and stuff. But, I mean, mind you, in the bar, he was probably perfectly safe. In that photo, I think it was his mom who took that photo for them. So, because he was meeting a celebrity. Like, Violet won season seven of RuPaul's Drag Race. That's a big thing for a lot of people. Yeah. So, it's, like, it's different. But Drag Race is still at that point where it's not that big where people would know that. Mm -hmm. So, they just see a naked man hugging a 12 or an 11 year old kid and it's not good no not good because from that perspective it isn't good yeah so yeah i do wonder what because i could see that being damaging in like you said like a sexual sense of like all these people watching this young child yeah was he dressed was the kid i mean I, I i've never seen the outfit so like i don't know what yeah the kid dresses in drag okay desmond dresses in drag and stuff not like full regalia but like the what you would think like it's i hate to label it but it's very similar to like a kid playing dress up you know like Mm -hmm. some makeup and like a cute little wig from probably like party city or something um wow i kind of just read this kid (laughs) but you know whatever um desmond i love you but anyways um i've actually worked with desmond before on a project i ended up having to drop out of the project because of personal reasons but um yeah it's like he just does his own thing mm-hmm. and he's proud of it. He's having a good time. His followers support him. That's what's important, you know, like he's not doing anything harmful. So, yeah, that's a good point. If it do- if it's not hurting anybody, then how do you draw a real yeah. line on it? You but when it I mean? can potentially hurt him, that's, yeah, that's, that's where, where the, problem, the line he's so is. so young. Going. Yeah. Like that's, that's where the problem's coming is, you know, because I mean, we both know what it's like to be 11. It wasn't that long ago for us. Like, you yeah, crazy things when you're a kid. You don't know what what's going on. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Life was wild when I was 11. Yeah. Life yeah. was wild when I was 17. Like, I, <laughs> like, all the choices that you make that you don't really realize, yeah. you know, the ramifications of them or what it means for yeah. your future, like, what, even what you're doing. You know, sometimes you're just doing things because you're bored and you're like, I just want to do this. Like, exactly. I don't know. Like, ever since I got my car, I'm like oh, it's 12 a.m. and I'm bored. I'm going out to Samoa. Like, I'm going to go sit in my car. Yeah. Like, I don't know. With getting older, like, after high school, like, I don't know if you remember, but I was always that kid who would, like, jump around from, like, friend group to friend group, like, to different cliques and stuff. Um, My my main one was, like, the theater kids because I did theater a lot. But at Eureka High, that is, because I transferred to Arcata High uh, sophomore year. But um, I would, like, jump around like from click to click so I would 
not really develop the strongest bonds with people. So when I graduated high school, I was like, oh, shoot, I don't have any friends. Like, I don't hang out with anybody. Yeah. And, like, mind you, that's not a bad thing. Like, some people like that. At the time, I just really didn't. So, like, as I've gotten older, I've kind of explored my freedoms a bit more, um, especially with, like, getting my car and stuff and, like, being able to, like, do what I want when I want. Um, I still live at home, which kind of sucks, but it also doesn't because I get to save money. Mm. But, you know. But it still sucks. I'm in the same boat. I live yeah. at home, too, and it's like, man, it... It's nice because you're saving money and, you know, especially with the pandemic. But Well, like, you it's just still... came, you came back from, like, unfortunate circumstances, right? Like, something happened wherever you were living before and you had to come back or... No, I was going to uh, to school in New York. Yeah. And they, like, they were like, listen, if you're going to be on campus, oh, I would have had to do a two-week lockdown coming from California. And they want you to keep a journal of everyone you come into contact with and you can't have people in your apartment. Yeah, you that's what I meant. Yeah, all these crazy things. And I was like, listen, I'm, I'm not doing that like yeah. that's a print you're we're gonna be in prison on campus yeah like, no oh, that's, i wouldn't be able on. to do that yeah i would go crazy yeah i almost like i did the trio program at hsu which is where like the like kids who are from like uh minorities or low-income households are able to like start the college experience sooner and oh, wow. like uh yeah look up the trio program it's really cool it's oh, really will. yeah I've it's really beneficial to um a lot of kids didn't really work out for me and that's okay um but it like they during the summer they have like this summer program where you go and live at HSU and you actually do like HSU classes and stuff and basically live like the college lifestyle getting you prepared for it i could not be in that dorm i was going crazy from day 1 i was just like locked up by myself and it was in uh the jolly giant commons like cypress hall or whatever and it like the walls were like this like pale blue cinder blocks. I felt like I was in an actual prison cell. It was like all the furniture looked alike. It was all that like nasty, like, like plexiboard wood stuff. And I'm like, I can't do this. This is not my fantasy. This is not my moment. It's a weird sensation. Yeah. And I missed my dog a lot. I have a really deep connection to animals. What kind of dog do you have? She's a little miniature pincher. She's oh, about wow. to be 10 in December. Oh, yeah. nice. But she's still a little spitfire of energy. She's adorable. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. It's weird. Not having like a solid friend group is weird. Yeah. And I didn't realize that. I bounced around to a few different colleges. Yeah. And that's when it kind of sunk in like, because, you know, you always hear people saying, oh, when you transfer schools, especially like high school and stuff or middle school, yeah. like it's hard on these kids. And I was like, yeah, but all you have to do is go talk to people. Like, no. <laughs> but it's not like that. It's not like it's that completely, at all. I mean, in high school, it's a little different because like everyone recognizes like it's high school. Like this is. And a lot of the kids grew up with each other. Yes. So like that's different. Yeah. College, it's on the other hand, thing. totally different. I haven't experienced it myself. I know plenty of people who have, though, mm -hmm. and I've heard, like, all the crazy stories and stuff of people being like, who are these people? Yeah. I don't know any of you. I don't recognize any of you. Like, it's just, like, a culture shock, It's basically. weird. Well, I would imagine it's the same, too, I guess, for high school because yeah. all these kids grew up knowing each other, and then you transfer, yeah. and you're like, I don't know so anybody here. Like what's wild about um, when I transferred to Arcata High was that I was originally in the Arcata City school system's earlier in like when I was younger um, I went to Pacific Union for a year or two um, 
I got expelled because I did stab a kid in the face with a pencil. Whoa. Um, but Whoa, don't worry. How did that happen? That was a very um, big story. I was in kin. I was in kindergarten. Kindergarten so or first grade. Okay. I was really young. Um, and also, like, I was, like, just, like, somewhat, like, I guess I was never officially diagnosed. I always was told I was. But I, like, just started, like, my mom just started realizing that I have, like, symptoms of, like, ADHD and stuff and, like, patterns of it. So I was just, like, this spastic little crazy child, like, from hell. And um, so I was just, like, really insane. And I would do, like, insane things. So that happened. And then so, like, all these years later, I, like, go to the Eureka City School Systems, grow up there. Eureka High, like, almost, like, killed me, like, literally. Um, and so I transferred to Arcata High. My first day there, I walk into my geology class. And I sit right next to this kid. And I'm like, hmm. Oh, no. He looks familiar. Then I look at his eye because I stabbed the guy right here and I saw a scar. Oh, man. And I was like, yes, excellent. I'm sitting right next to the kid that I stabbed in the face like with a pencil like 10 years ago. And so I kind of just sat there and I was like. Did you tell him? I did. Yeah. The next day I walked in and I was like, do you remember me? Because like that was when I um, when I switched schools is when I really like changed my name because I used to go by Thomas like that's my legal name but I prefer Skylar now so I switched my name um, but like I spoke to him and I was like you don't happen to remember me do you and he was like no why and I was like oh god that just made this a whole lot harder oh, shit. Um, I was like. Well, I was that kid that, like, gave you that scar, remember? remember? that scar on your eye? Yeah. And he was like, oh, wow, that is you. And then he was like, don't worry. It's not that big of a deal. It happened so long ago. We were just kids. And I was like, oh, thank God. I'm oh, not wow. going to die today. That was, like, the best way that that could have gone. Exactly. And, like, um, I think it was – what was it? It was homecoming senior year that I, like, met his parents for, like, the second time because the first time was in that principal's office. Um, and I, like, met them, and I was like, hey, so... Oh, you told his parents, too? Yeah. Oh, man. Because I, I really wanted them to know that I was, like, super sorry, because, like... Oh, that's That cool. was incredibly crazy and awful of me to do. Stabbing um, a kid with a pencil. Yeah, and so close to the eye, too. I could have gotten his eye. That Why did you stab so him? Bad. I don't remember the yeah. exact reason. Um, just being crazy. Kids. I was just enraged yeah. for some reason. But, um... Yeah, it was that moment where my mom thought that I might have been on the, like, autism spectrum. Um, I'm not. At least I don't think I am. Um, but, you know, like, so I spoke with his parents and they were, like, super cool about it. They are like, like, they were same attitude he had. They were like, oh, yeah, that happened so long ago. Like, it's whatever. So that was really cool. But, yeah, when, like, Eureka High was a real trip for me. Um, I started off so strong i like walked in the doors and i was like this is me i'm gay as hell and y'all are gonna accept it and uh eureka high yeah and i was like like looking at back at that now i was like wow that's really bold of me <laughs> um because like i didn't know anybody the only people that i knew were the like other freshmen that were coming into school with me so it was pretty wild and then uh sophomore year the beginning of sophomore year was when stuff in my life really started to hit the fan. Uh, my mom's ex-boyfriend committed suicide that year. 
and that destroyed my family really bad. Um, and from that moment on, things spiraled like out of control. Um, I got into a lot of drama with people, um, one girl in particular, um, but her and I literally just a few days ago, like patched that wound and got over it. We both recognized what we did wrong and we've moved on and we've become acquaintances again. And I'm really looking forward to what our friendship has to offer in the future. But um, yeah, things spiraled out of control. Um, I stopped coming to school for like a week and then I decided like I want to switch schools. Like I don't want to do things here anymore. And that's when I kind of had like the meltdown and like switched into using like Skylar as my preferred name. Um, just because like, I don't know what happened. It was like some sort of crisis that I had at 15 years old. <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, I switched schools and, um, ever since then it's been so much better. Um, I switched to Arcata High. I um, immediately got introduced to people um, who were like super, super nice. Everybody was really nice to me, really accepting. Um, and then I started doing drag, I think my junior year. And when I started doing drag, like I of course like told people and like showed people and my friends and stuff. So people found out. And then I ended up, um, I was like, I wanna do something crazy. So senior year, I uh, ran for uh, homecoming queen in drag and I got homecoming princess. Oh, wow. So I got like the second place. I always like to say I lost to a girl in flip flops because she was wearing flip flops and I was wearing like these huge heels that were like this tall. Oh, I'm like, man. you put in the least amount of effort and I get second place. That's not right. But, um, so I did that and then I ran for, uh, like senior prom queen as well. And I won senior prom queen oh, nice. over my entire senior class. And that was really cool to have like that kind of support from my peers. And like, I always like growing up had that like Disney movie fantasy of being like, oh, I'm gonna be the prom queen and it's gonna be like super magical and like cool and just right out of Disney movie. And it was, it was so, so cool. It was really, really awesome. And um, I remember the week after I went into the office and um, I'd always been like friends with staff and stuff and like, like been close with staff at Arcata High. Um, and one of the receptionists there, she was like, yeah, I've been getting a lot of calls from parents being angry about you winning senior prom queen. And I was like, oh, wow, I wonder why. And they were like, oh, like one parent was like, like how dare a man win over my daughter? I spent so much money on her for senior prom. And I guess the receptionist just straight up said like, well, maybe if your daughter was a little bit nicer to people, she would have won. Oh, damn. And I was like, Wow. Oh. oh my gosh. That's wild. That's insane. Just went in. Good they, for the receptionist. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, it was so, so cool to have that support from the school. And then I also did the Arcata Arts Institute while I was there, which is almost like a spinoff school of Arcata, like of Arcata High. And um, I did really well there. Um, I worked a lot with like physical media. So like painting, drawing, sculpture, stuff like that. Um, technology hasn't always been my thing, so I didn't really dabble in, like, digital stuff. Um, but, yeah, I did the Arcata Arts Institute for a while, and I was really successful at it and had a lot of fun. And, um, I worked on a lot of projects, got, like, shows up and running and, like, the, like, all kinds of things. It was really cool. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I did that and, uh, uh, what else? 
like just in high school, it was like from Arcata High on, just a really good time. Did you ever? You went back to Eureka though, didn't you? Or did you just no. hang around the 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 theater club at Eureka? Because I remember seeing you my senior year. Well, yeah, that I was a freshman senior year. Oh, for your senior shit. year. Oh yeah. God, I'm old, man. Holy <laughs> crap! Wow. Yeah. Oh wow, I thought you were like a grade below me. Mm-mm. Oh wow. You were no. freshman my senior year. Yeah. Wow. I graduated 2018, so two years ago. Wow, now I feel like I'm 100. <laughs> Holy crap, I did not need that. Wow. Yeah, it's been a while. I'm surprised that it's been two years already, almost three. It'll be three in oh June. God. So. Wow. E- Eureka High is weird, looking back on it, because... So much stuff happened. Yeah. So much oh stuff God. happened Within that I didn't even realize was, was happening. There. Just the one year I was there was insane. Yeah. We had we had a, a lot, lot of loss. Yeah. Um Yeah, it was it was crazy. Like I remember when Jenica passed away. That was really, really hard. It's still really hard for me. Like, um, every arts alive when I would go, because that's where I would always see her. Like, I still, like, remember her, like, out on, like, the deck, like, the uh, boardwalk and stuff. Um, yeah, that hit hard. Um, I remember Lizzie passing as well um, around Thanksgiving. That was difficult. And then a lot of kids that were my age, too. Uh, I think his name was Jordan. Um, and then Alyssa. Yeah, just a lot of loss. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was a heavy time. It was. I, like, I'm surprised that, like, I always joke with the people who I went to elementary school with, like, because, like, so many, like, there's a good amount of us who are in jail or dead. It's wild. And I'm like, like, with Madison Day, for example, I'm like, you and I are, like, one of, like, a few of the ones who actually made it out, like, unscathed, like, we're okay, you know? But, like, it sucks that, like, that joke is even a thing. Like, because, like, no kids should ever have to go through that, whether they're on the receiving end or the one being informed that, like, your friend just died. Well, it's crazy because, at least personally, growing up, I would always hear from, like, my parents and their friends, you know, that when you're out of high school, you know, that's when you start losing people. Yeah. Either to drugs or they get locked up or they just pass from some unfortunate event Mm -hmm. you don't really realize that you know when you're that young because you can't really grasp like you don't really understand what loss is i don't think i even understand it now but at that age it's just you can't really comprehend it and then when you lose people while you're in high school or younger like it it weighs on you in a weird way Mm -hmm. yeah it's really really strange because it's like you see them at school one day and then they're just they're not there anymore. Yeah. Like you don't like that's the weirdest thing is still seeing their social media profiles. Like Jenica's profile will come up every once in a while still. Like not from like oh, new wow. posts How or anything. That? Not from like new posts or anything, but like old stuff from when she was still with us. And it's really, really strange. What do you think that's gonna look like in twenty years? Do you think that there's going to be 
like you mm. can just go to somebody's facebook page and they're gonna have their whole life and you can kind of just relive those memories by scrolling through their facebook it's really hard to say what the future holds it's like we're just in a time that's so transitional right now that it can go in any which way the world may not even exist in 20 years who knows might not exist after this election period yeah we'll see I keep saying how everything is playing out, like how American Horror Story Apocalypse played out so far. I'm just waiting for the witches to Was show up. Was that a up. good tea? I never got it. I never watched an American episode. American Horror yeah. Story? I've always heard it's good, it's but I've so never... It's so good. Oh my gosh. So a lot of people think that it's like really like scary, like a horror movie kind of status. It's not really that. Um, there are jump scares and stuff from time to time, but... Like more thriller? It's more thriller drama, not like caddy drama like mm-hmm. MTV, more like like CSI okay. kind of thing or things like that of that nature. But yeah, it, um, American Horror Story is really cool because like each season is a different story. So like season one was Murder House. Season two was Asylum. Season three was Coven. Four was uh, Freak Show. Five, Hotel. Six, Roanoke Nightmare. Seven was Cult. Eight was Apocalypse, and then nine was uh, 1984, which was based off of, like, the uh, Thrasher movies and, like, campsites and stuff. And then season 10 is, I believe, resuming production very soon. What's the best one? I personally think my favorites would be um, would be Coven and Apocalypse. Okay. Um, Coven was what really made me fall in love with the series because it was about witches and like just that bad, like bad girl energy was really my thing. I'm like, they're so powerful. They're so cool. And like, there's one iconic scene that I remember Madison Montgomery. She was the character. She was like the party girl that was super popular, a movie star. And she happened to be a witch. And, um, she ended up getting sexually assaulted in the show by a frat guy. And so in the show, she, like, when the guys were leaving on their bus, like, all of them, she flipped the bus with her powers, like, on its head and killed every single one of them. Whoa. That's power. <laughs> that is power. That's oh, man. incredible. I'm, I got to check it out. I've been telling myself yeah. I got to check it out for so long. There's just so much good, oh, yeah. good, good content out there yeah and then american horror stories on hulu too i think oh is it yeah okay and then they're starting a new spin-off of it called american horror stories which are um in the same structure i guess as black mirror where oh, every episode is a show. different like every episode is a different series and black mirror is a trip in itself it's great i love black mirror the one episode I love the most is the social media one. Oh, where, that one do you remember that one? Out. Yeah. Where they're doing the like swiping and every interaction you get a rating. Yeah. That was scary. Like you're talking about Saw. Like you think Saw is scary? Wait until you see somebody walk by you and they look at you funny and then they just give you like a zero star rating and then all of a sudden you can't rent a car. Well, that's scary. Yes. <laughs> what's really freaky about it is that's already happening. Yeah. Like there's a city in china where they're implementing this to test and see how it works out mm-hmm. and essentially everyone can rate you and if you don't have a high enough rating you can't get a loan you can't you can't even get a ticket like a plane ticket to leave the city like you are landlocked there yeah and you have to do good things and you have to make sure people see you do good things otherwise your social score is gonna plummet and i mean in a way it makes sense you know like it does makes- it though 
In a way, it does to me. Like, in a way, it's like, yeah, like, social interaction does matter. But I didn't realize that it could also matter on this high of a scale. Because, mm-hmm. like, in a way, I can see it bettering the world. But also, as shown in Black Mirror, Could it can also take somebody from so high up to so down low so quickly. And I think that also, like, thinking about that, like, hearing me say that, it reminds me a lot of cancel culture as well, like, within the online community. So we're basically already doing it. Like, you're right. It's already starting. We are, huh? So it's pretty crazy. It worries me because... I would rather have a genuine interaction with someone that ends badly than have us both be fake to each other just to... That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Just to, I don't know, get a good score. Or like, what but if I you mean, have... if you're being fake to better yourself and the other person, is it that bad? Because like, if you're both able to make a few thousand dollars off of it in a new credit score, like I'd be down. Like, I like money. That, that means... is interesting. Money's a good motivator. Yeah. But what are we losing with that? Because then everyone, That's yeah, everyone fair. would be nice to each other. We're definitely losing personality. Yes. I could see that quickly turning into, I don't know if you've watched Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix. No. But it's also like a little mini series, kind of like uh, Black Mirror. But every episode is animated by a different like group of people. So they all like look different and they're all different stories. And they're all about like 6 to 15 minutes in length. So they're really stor- short stories. And one of them, um, it sounds really dumb, but it's really funny and also really, like, makes you think, too. It's about this, like, yogurt that was, like, tested on and, like, su- like genetically modified. And then all of a sudden it became this, like, higher being that could, like... This speak. yogurt? Yes, a bowl of yogurt. And um, it, like, talked about how, like the yogurt had this huge plan on how to like fix the economy and the United States structure within like a month. And it showed it how like it fixed it. Everything was like, it literally looked like the episode of Black Mirror, how everything was white, everything was pretty, everything was nice. Like people were like, hi, John. Hi, Stacy. Like it was like this, like almost like lifeless existence blur yeah Yeah. so i could definitely see it going down that road of being like wow that's real bland like where's the flavor here well yeah it's like with like what you said with cancel culture i mean what are we losing because of that Mm -hmm. like we're it's like this forced assimilation to some idea that somebody else i don't know i don't know if you've heard anything about the makeup community and like the beauty gurus on youtube but they've blown up youtube they have destroyed the community, like, what, all what on their own. Like, YouTubers in general, the beauty community has, like, messed everything up for everybody. Um, back in 2019 or 2018, um, James Charles had this, like, huge, like, scandal with another YouTuber. And James ended up losing 4 million subscribers in 24 hours. And then... This, like, role reversal came from James where he uploaded this another video where it had, like, every single receipt and everything changed. And then the loss in followers switched to the other person and James gained back the followers and that person dropped in followers. 
and all these things and like this cancel culture can get so destructive to the point where you will literally like you could go homeless you could lose brand deals you could do wow that was a real big jump like you could be homeless <laughs> or you could lose brand deals like opposite wow. side of the spectrum yeah like it but it's there's just, no it's everything yeah like it you can, can lose destroy everything. you and it destroyed shane dawson with um the huge uh like Shane had made some comments about James Charles and about how uh, Shane had orchestrated the situation where James had lost so many followers. Like he had gaslit that person to make the video about James to make him lose followers and subscribers and stuff. And um, so the community was like, you know what? That's not right. And we're going to show you that it's not right. And they pulled up every single video of his past where he has done blackface, where he has said the N-word, where he pretended to jack off to a picture of Willow Smith, like all of these really, really bad things. And all of his, uh, all of his YouTube channels got demonetized completely. Um, and he hasn't been on the internet since. And that was a few months ago. Wow. Yeah. So like he lost every single ounce of income he had, which was YouTube. It's scary, man. Mm -hmm. It is scary that I. It's just all like I don't even know where you where you pinpoint the root of it, but it's just the whole thing is scary because yeah. they can just. I would hate to be on the receiving end of that. Oh man, and for what? I mean, they've canceled like comedians who have cracked jokes. They there's no there's no real balance to who is getting canceled it's just wherever they want to point yeah their their arrow and then they go for that person and then they're like yeah we're gonna we're gonna pull you out yeah um with shane's case i feel like it was kind of appropriate yeah just because he was blade out like straight out saying the n-word he was doing blackface and seeing no problem with it see like, there it gets a little more many dicey many many occasions and many many youtube videos mm -hmm. and it got so destructive that a lot of the youtube community specifically jenna marvels um was like am i doing these things too like am i this bad person as well because people started targeting other youtubers because they're trying to make it like a chain reaction um so jenna marvels ended up quitting youtube and that hit me so hard. She did like, the blackface video, though, too, didn't she? Someone was telling me that. Not quite. Um, people labeled it as blackface. Um, I have no place to say whether it's blackface or not. That is not my place to say if it's, it is or not. Um, but my personal opinion, I felt it wasn't. A lot of people feel like it wasn't because it was just a really bad spray tan that she had. She wasn't, like... She wasn't darkening her skin tone. She was just orange, basically. Oh. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, that's not blackface, huh? No. But some people felt that way. And they're allowed to feel that way if they want to. Like, I'm not one to say, like, your feelings are invalid. You know, that's not my place to do that. Like, if you want to feel that way, feel that way. Great. Have fun. But, like, yeah, she ended up quitting YouTube. And that shook. Because of that? That video? Because of that video, and one other video where she said, like, a very stereotypical, like, uh, Asian line within, like, negative connotations of the culture. Um, I won't repeat it because it's not appropriate. But 
it was um it was really shocking to see Jenna break down so bad like in front of a camera and I could just tell that she was so unhappy with herself and it was really hard to watch because I could tell that she felt like she was being forced to do this by her own community and like she hasn't been on YouTube since she made one appearance in one of their podcasts, but it wasn't even like they didn't have the video with it. It was just the audio and it was only like six minutes long when normally it's like two hours. So it's insane how powerful like your words can be, especially when everybody's saying the same thing over that and over crazy. and over again. Yeah. Well, they only have power if you let them have power. If you're not afraid of backlash, you'd be surprised, especially within the beauty community. Like multiple negative reviews can get your product taken off of Ulta, can get your product taken off of Sephora. Like they will discontinue their product. They won't work with you. Like it can actually affect real life stuff. Mm -hmm. Like it's insane. Like mind you, it won't affect your credit score or something like yeah. something that's like really, but really big to deals. human existence, but like brand deals, future projects, things like that. Mm -hmm. So my word with that is, we have to allow for personal growth. Yes, I definitely believe in personal growth. Um, I am a like firm believer in that. Um, unfortunately, there is one person in particular within the YouTube community that I don't feel has grown at all, and they've been acting up for a long time, and that's Jeffree Star. I used to be... I feel a, like I've heard that name before. Yeah, Jeffree Star is probably the biggest name in the makeup community. Um, and like in the beauty world in general, um, hundreds of millions of dollars sold in products, like huge, huge, huge company that he built from the ground up. And I give him kudos for that. But he got there being this really negative voice in the community. He did a lot of gaslighting things. He was very aggressive. He called an African-American woman a gorilla. Like he's done a lot of like really nasty things. He said that he would lighten somebody's complexion like with battery acid and because they were too dark and all kinds of like insane things it's wild the things that he had said and that i continued to follow him while he was doing it and he recently released an apology after the whole shane dawson drama because him and jeffrey are really really close friends and Jeffrey was involved in that as well. And it was just a video, like, super wide angle of Jeffrey sitting on his, like, like Versace couch in his $14 million mansion, super ingenuine. And he brought up, like, the Black Lives Matter movement and Breonna Taylor and all these things to get him out of Trouble. the wrong, you know, to be like, oh, well, I did this, but there's all these other things we should be focusing on instead, like using it as an acting piece, which is not what it's for at all. And that was what really drew the line for me. Like the main issue that had happened, he was like, oh, I'm sorry, James, for what happened, but we need to really think about what's really going on the, in the world. And then brought up Breonna Taylor and then at the end of the video, he started plugging his own products and stuff and talking about future makeup launches and stuff. And I'm like, this couldn't be any more disingenuous. Like, this is fake. Mm -hmm. Like, this is acting. So after that, I 
because I had collected a lot of his makeup products. I had 50 of his liquid lipsticks, each being like $18 each. That's almost $1,000. Oh, wow. Just in liquid lipsticks. And like I had every single eyeshadow palette. I had all these things and I ended up just selling all of my stuff from him. So going back to like doing drag now and stuff, it's kind of hard because all of my products are gone that I'm used to using. So I'm like, okay, how am I going to do my face now? But luckily I had, I like literally I had so many eyeshadow palettes before like stopping my uh, support for Jeffree Star. Now I have two. Mm. I just have two left, uh, which weren't from him. So it's, uh, it's crazy, but yeah, I like, luckily the base of my makeup, like the, like the foundation and everything wasn't any of his stuff. So I was still able to do the general premise, but like eye makeup, lips and stuff like that. I was like, all right, I am going to have to improvise for a little while. Are you worried about like what you say where you're trying to build a brand around yourself? Definitely. Yeah. I've already been in so many situations where what I've said has come back to bite me in the ass. Like even in high school before I was doing drag, like I'd say things and they would come like so far out of left field for other people that they'd be like, you can't say that. Like that's super inappropriate. So I'm always trying to censor myself. Like I've always had a problem with filtering myself Mm -hmm. and really thinking about what I say before I say them. So I've been really conscious about what I've been saying, like talking with you because like Kaz couldn't have been any more correct in saying like these speakers get you to say things you wouldn't normally tell other people. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things I really love about this though. People open up. Yeah. And it's authentic. Yeah. Because there's not in, I mean, it's, it's weird. And it's hard because you want people to be nice to each other. Everybody wants that. Everybody wants yeah. to be nice because when you're mean to people, you feel bad. They feel bad. It's a lose-lose situation. Yeah. But self, self-moderating self worries me. And that's like with this. Like I've just – I've tried to come to accept that like I'm going to say stupid things and people are going to get mad or people are going to disagree yeah. with me even if I say something smart. That's just human nature. And I don't want to let stuff like that stop me from saying things because either way, I'm going to learn and grow from it. But See, that, yeah. But that's, I, that's not a widely held thought. It also depends on your profession and what you're trying to do with your life. For me, I'm trying to be a public figure. Mm-hmm. Like if you get on Drag Race, you are looked up to by people. You are looked up to, like you are looked up to by children. Yeah. So like... I need, like, this sounds super conceited, but I, like, I need to learn how to speak publicly where anybody can see and hear what I say and say something that can't get me in trouble because it can affect my career. Doesn't that seem like that's impossible, though? Don't you feel like you could say, you could try to be as, you know, moderated as you want to be, but there's always going to be one person, at least one person that's like, this oh, there will ridiculous. always be somebody who's not like, who doesn't like what you say, mm-hmm. but it's best to keep, try to keep that number low. Like you don't want to just be going around saying whatever you want mm-hmm. and being like, oh, well, people make mistakes. Like that only goes so far until people are like, the way you're speaking and talking isn't appropriate, you know? Like, and that's what I really came to learn mm-hmm. was like, I was making so many apologies to people and saying, sorry, that I was like, I'm saying these apologies, but not making any real changes. 
So what's the point of me even apologizing? So I've actually been like making changes in my life, figuring out what I'm doing wrong, really seeing the full picture. I mean, that's what my skull tattoo is for right here. It's a... Oh, that's a cool skull. Thank you. It's a reminder for me to look at things from other perspectives, not only my own. Because when I look at just my own, I could continue in life so far just being so ignorant. Mm -hmm. But when you step back to look at the bigger picture or put yourself in other people's shoes you really start to see what's really happening. So it's it's hard, like it depends on who you are as a person and what you're doing with your life, really. Like I'm trying, like, because like I said, I wasn't always the most politically correct person. I would say things really out of line and stuff, and I'm trying to fix that. So to not only better myself, but also better my relations with others. Just because, like, people are entitled to their feelings, and I should respect that. So I shouldn't just be going around saying things that I think are okay that other people don't think are okay. Mm -hmm. You know? I don't know. I get, <laughs> no. I get, I, I, I'm, I'm saying that as I'm trying to work through it. Because I 100% yeah, no. agree with everything you just said. But, and there's always got to be a but for some reason. But I... I don't know because everything you said sounds great and I agree with it. And so I'm trying to sit here and be like, but why am I, why is something holding me back? And I feel like what's holding I me. I wouldn't say it's holding me back. Mm -hmm. I would just say like, it's like water going through a filter. Like oh, the water is still coming out. Mm -hmm. It's still water. It's, it just doesn't have all of those pollutants in it and those negative things in it. Like, it's still water. Like, you're not going to run water through a well, filter and be like, oh, how? that's not water anymore. Yeah. Like, that's not you. It's just cleaned up a bit. Yeah. It's just monitoring what I say, but I'm still being myself. I'm like this, like, for a few of the things that we've talked about today, I've found ways to say what I want to say without coming across in a way that other people could see it as negative, mm -hmm. you know? But I'm still saying what I want to say, you know? But... There are things that shouldn't be said. There are things that should be said. And there are things that can be said, but could probably be said in a different way. But none of those things are dis, like disvaluing. Disingenuine. Yeah, disingenuine. Yeah. Like you can still be your whole self and be who you are, but also learn how to monitor what you say in yes. front of certain people. Like there are things that I will say in front of people that I wouldn't say in front of others. Um, but that also depends on like relationships and how you and that other person work and, you know, but in general, in public, like I try to be like as PC as I can because like, especially now with, I'm going to be like the full-time assistant manager, I really have to learn about what's work appropriate and what's not. Or else I could get in a lot of trouble. Yeah, there are real world consequences yeah. for and your it's, actions. It's, it's exactly like that with like being a public figure. Yeah. There's real world consequences for your actions. Like you could, like for example, if a celebrity says the N-word, they can get, like they will never be seen again in a movie. They yeah, will that never. Is, they, that's a damning yeah. action. So like it's very much the same thing in the drag community. Like if you say something that's really out of pocket and like is really inappropriate mm -hmm. that can really affect your career 
that will affect the amount of tickets you sell for your shows. That will affect the amount of merchandise you sell of yours. That will affect the amount of followers you have on social media because you everything. do get, yeah, everything. It will affect you. And like I said, it's there. It's possible to filter yourself and still be your authentic self, mm-hmm. but also like be aware of what you're saying, you know? I suppose my problem with that stems from censorship in relation to feelings. Because when you censor yourself on other people's feelings, which in theory sounds really good, and in most instances it is really good, but feelings change and they're constantly changing. That makes sense. Yeah, I think that's where my problem stems from yeah. is because it's a slippery slope. It is. It goes it from It depends words. on the person. Yeah, it depends on and the that's, person and that's kind of what happened when I was like canceled or however people look at it now. Um, some people were like, oh, that's a dumb reason for you to be canceled for. Like, that's not anything. And then others were like, yeah, like you made a mistake. Like you shouldn't have said that. You should have been aware of who you were saying that to. Because what had happened was I had said something really out of line to somebody who had just experienced what I was talking about not even a week before. And I had no idea. Now, mind you, I didn't have any idea, but still that doesn't excuse me making that kind of joke in a community where it's riddled with those kinds of situations going on. Like, of course, I won't mention the situation that happened out of respect for the person who it affected, but I still did that, you know, in a community where we don't need that. But I don't think that that represents you. In a sense, I don't feel like the blame for that. I mean, I don't know. Obviously, I don't know the situation. So like Mm -hmm. I'm kind of speaking out of the blue here. But I think because if you didn't know if it was a joke and jokes can vary, as we all know. But if it was a joke. I mean, is that on you to now censor yourself from that? I don't know. I mean, it's it's a dangerous way forward, I think. The thing that I said definitely like people told me that they thought it was funny and there were a lot of people who told me it wasn't funny that it was disrespectful and not appropriate and i generally go with the general consensus like oh i just had 50 people unfollow me because they all believe that what i said was inappropriate meanwhile two or three people told me like oh you're fine I'm going to listen to the tons of people who thought I did something wrong, mm-hmm. which I did. Um, but also, like, in that sense, depending on, like, what is said or what is done, I definitely, like, adjust the levels of my vision on what's going on. But, I mean, like I said, that it all goes back to the skull tattoo again. It's like looking at things from other people's perspectives. How would I feel if I was told that and I had that situation happen to me less than a week before mm-hmm. it was said? I would be upset. Like, I like it. Yeah, it's it's just a matter of perspective for me. Absolutely. I, I don't want to have people think that I'm living in a world where I'm not thinking about others because I do think about others. Mm-hmm. I always have. I've always been very empathetic with people. So it's. Like, just for me personally, I that's just how I roll. I'm not saying everybody needs to be that way. I don't expect everybody to be that way. So it's it's different for me. 
I think a really good example that I just thought of is jokes about molestation in the Catholic Church. Like, there are some comedians that have made some really funny jokes about that. But we all recognize that is a, that, that is like a really touchy subject. And if you're one of the children that that happened to, no joke will ever be funny about that because that was a severely Mm -hmm. traumatic experience. But I still believe in the right of any comedian to make a joke about it. It might not be funny. Maybe they have to work at it and maybe they'll get to a funny one. But like that, I think that's my general sentiment is I believe in the the ability to try. You're going to fail yeah. and you're going to face backlash for it. But if you want to try, I think you should be able to try. How I feel about comedy is that it has a time and a place. Um, Like if you pay money to go to a show where you've seen stuff from this comedian before and they say something that you don't like, you still paid to go see that and you probably knew it was coming. You knew what to expect. So like there's that. But also, like, if you're trying to be a comedian in a workplace and you say something out of line that would normally fly in a comedy club, that's different. So, like, it all depends on time and place and also, like, like other circumstances, too. Context. Like, context yeah, is context, crucial. Exactly. And, like, comedy on its own is, like, its own thing. That's true. There's nothing else really like, like it. It's it's very like comedy gets very inflammatory. Comedy gets very like criticized and like yeah, it's crazy how quickly like comedy has kind of died out because of like all the things going on nowadays with being PC and stuff. And for s- some comedians um, or like some things that I've heard about certain comedians and stuff, I agree. I'm like, okay, that person has been saying things out of pocket for a very long time. That shouldn't have been okay in the first place. So yeah, they do deserve the back seat. But like, I don't know. It's hard to describe. But like I said, comedy has a time and place. Yeah, if you're at a funeral trying to do comedy, it might no. not be the no, best like, spot. Yeah, no. I do have to ask about your other tattoo. It looks like it's a coffin with a clock on it. Yeah. That is fascinating. What is was so, the meaning behind that? Um, I got that as a reminder to live every day like it's my last because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. So, for example, like with this opportunity to come on to your podcast, I was like, yeah, I want to do it. Like, who knows when I'll be able to do this again? So I was like, yeah, sure. So, like, it's a symbol of that. So, that's why I have the, like, coffin with the clock on it. And then I have it set to the 9 and the 5 because my birthday is 9-15. Uh, there's no 15 on a clock. Um, <laughs> I had to make do with the 5. Yeah, but then um, I did some big thinking with my big brain after I got the tattoo. And I was like, I could have put the the minute hand on the 3 for 15 minutes. But you know what? Damn. You live and you learn. Yeah, that's all. I feel like that's the fun of tattoos. From the perspective of somebody that doesn't have tattoos is, you know, that moment is forever. Yeah. I have 13 tattoos currently. Really? Yeah. I have five on my hands or my hand. Uh, I have one, two, three, four, five on this arm, one, two on this arm, and then my chest tattoo. Tattoos are one of the interesting things where, you know, 10, 15 years ago was not really accepted in society. Yeah. And now everybody's got tattoos. It's art. 
Yeah. It's art. It's expression. Almost every single one of my tattoos has a meaning. And I plan on keeping it that way. I mean, sure, there's some that I want to get just for decoration. But, you know, like for aesthetic purposes, like the dots on my hands are for aesthetic purposes because I thought it was weird to just have one tattoo on my pointer finger and one on my ring. Hmm. But, you know, like, yeah, I like my style has steadily evolved throughout the years. Like I started from like wearing like girls clothes on the daily looking like a mess to finally figuring out how to dress appropriately and how I like to look. Um, So with that, it's just been like a journey of like finding what kinds of styles I really like. And I've always like fascinated, I was always fascinated about tattoos. Like nobody in my family had tattoos. So I was like, what are these? They're so cool. And then my mom got a tattoo on her foot and I was like, whoa that's super cool like she has this like little dragonfly on her foot and it's like in water like i didn't know tattoos could look like that that's really cool so i've been fascinated with tattoos ever since then and then um she started to get like her half sleeve done and it started to look really really cool and that's a fun story in itself when she was getting her sleeve done so this tattoo artist that she it was at uh uh blue lake casino for the inked hearts tattoo expo um, and this was two or three years ago, I want to say. And, um, so the tattoo artist, he came up from Santa Rosa to do the expo and he was doing my mom's tattoo. And he originally came up with his wife who they had a kid together, um, with his wife and he was, uh, tattooing my mom and, uh, his wife was in another section of the, uh, Sapphire Palace with, um, her business, which was like teeth whitening or something. And so like my mom and I were sitting there cause I was there with her and I was like, Hmm. I started to notice that this one like casino worker, like this one lady, cause like a, a blue Lake casino, the girls wear like the like corsets and like the shorts and stuff or whatever, almost like playboy esque. Um, but they, uh, I noticed that he kept kind of like flirting with this girl. And I was like, you're married. What are you doing? So um, I had like started like paying attention to their Facebook activity, like his and his wife's. Not even a month later, he or his wife posts screenshots of phone calls that he's been making to Humboldt County talking to that girl. And uh, he ended up getting a divorce with her or she got a divorce with him. Uh, Because he had been cheating on her with that tattoo art or with the uh, casino lady. And she, um, I really hope they see this. That would be so (laughs) funny for them to know that we know this. But, um, and then he ended up getting married to her like a month later. Like the The casino lady. Yeah. Wow. And now they're in a relationship and stuff. And uh, yeah, my mom's like, it's kind of awkward going back to him now because I know all of this. So it's really funny. It Life was, is crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I, I got my first tattoo at that same expo. I was 17, so it was technically illegal. Um, but I was sneaky. I was sneaky. So at the... Um, I hope they don't watch this part. But We're going to um, cut it right yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, they were doing piercings as well, mm-hmm. along with tattoos. And so they had the same release waiver for tattoos as they did for piercings um, because they're fairly similar in premise. But um, 
So I had signed off on signed off on getting a piercing because I was also getting my ears pierced, which I did. I have my ears pierced. Um, but I signed off on that waiver and their mistake was was that they once you signed off on the waiver, you would get a bracelet that informed the tattoo artists and piercers that you had signed off on that waiver. Ooh. They had the same bracelet for tattoos and uh like piercings. So after the like little guards at the front like interchanged, I got my first tattoo, which was this little like Virgo symbol on my shoulder. Like just tiny little thing. Took the guy like two minutes to do. And I felt so rebellious. I was like with my $50, I was like, here you go. <laughs> and uh, it was it was really funny. But yeah, two years late, three, wait. Yeah, three years late. Oh my God, three years later, I have 13 tattoos and wow. more, more coming soon, hopefully. So that's what I hear from all my friends that have them. They're like, dude, they're addicting. They like, are. Once you get one, you just want to get It's more. like, um, I'm sure you've gone to the river and stuff before when you like jump off a really high rock into the water and it just feels amazing. But that adrenaline super, rush. You're super scared of it at first. It's exactly like that. Mm. You want to like, after you do that first jump, you want to just keep climbing back up and jumping off again. So that's definitely how it is for me. It's definitely addicting. Um, I guess I have a really high pain tolerance too, which I never knew until I got my chest tattoo and my tattoo artist was like, dude, you're still as a rock. Like this stuff really hurts people like getting tattoos on your sternum. And I was like, really? It doesn't hurt that bad. Like, sure it hurts, but like. Not that big of a deal. Yeah. So I like, I was surprised at how high of a pain tolerance I have because normally I'm such a chicken. Like, I am a child when it comes to, like, pain. I'm like, I cut my finger, fix it, like, help. Like, I need an ambulance. But with tattoos, I'm just, like, perfectly still. I'm just chilling, having a good time. But, hmm, yeah. That's great. Tattoos are fun. I like them a lot. I'll probably have to, I don't know. I go back and forth. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I got one, like, I would want it to mean something. But a good one is to get one of your horoscope. You'll always have the same one. It'll never go anywhere. It doesn't change. Always will mean something. I'm not really a horoscope kind of guy. What are you? Do you know? Um, I am a Scorpio. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Everybody always says that, though. When you tell them what you are, they're like, so, oh, that makes sense. Well, for me, because, like, I actually, like, like kind of, like, have studied it Are you, like, it into it? You know it? I'm into it a bit. Yeah. Scorpios are like typically really smart business people. Like okay. they know how to get what they want and put it into fruition, which is exactly what you're doing right now. You want to do a podcast, so you started to do it. You just did it. And now you're what, like 13 episodes in or 12? This will actually be the 15th one. 15. You're 15. I'm a little bit behind with school and work and trying to put them out, but you were, I believe you were 15. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, but if I was a, a, I don't know the other ones, but if I was another one, wouldn't there be something that you could be like, oh yeah, that's you because you're doing this thing. I like, mean, don't they all kind of interchange a little bit? A little bit. There are some that, because like Virgos and Scorpios, I'm a Virgo as well. Um, and Virgos and Scorpios business-wise are very similar. Mm-hmm. They know what they want. They know how to get it and they're going to get it no matter how they do it. Like we can be like very ruthless business people if we want to. So, and I'm kind of that way with my drag. Like, if I want to do a show, I'm going to figure out how to do it. I'm going to get the people to do it and I'm going to do it. Get it done. Yeah. So, yeah, there are definitely, like, personalities and, like, 
traits of different like horoscopes that interchange with each other. But yeah, I'm a Virgo is my sun sign. And the sun sign is like the main one that everybody like refers to. Like that's the first one. You have more than one? Yeah. Like everybody has like, there's multiple different signs within the like spectrum of horoscopes and stuff. But the main one that everybody refers to is like, oh, you're like a Scorpio. Like, oh, you're a Cancer. When they say that, that's referring to your sun sign, which is just based off of your birthday. Um, your moon sign is based off of your birthday and your birth time. And then also the, um, the what's it called? Uh, the time zone you were born in as well. Um, so my sun sign is Virgo and then my moon sign is Aries. And uh, the like moon sign kind of symbolizes how you act with people you don't know as well. Like your sun sign is like who you are as an individual with the people who are closest to you and people you trust. And then like your moon sign is like the people who are kind of like on the outer rim of that. So like when I like meet people for the first time, I'm like kind of like chaotic i like i'm a good time kind of person like i want to go out have fun go on an adventure do something crazy but when i'm like for example like a lot of the examples for different differentiating between moon sign and sun sign is when you're in a relationship so like when the person you're in a relationship with you tend to be more of what your sun sign is because you're the closest with that person. Okay. So like in a relationship, I'm very much of like a like stay at home kind of person, very like earthy, like I like plants and like just hanging out and like watching TV, just kind of like vegging out, not doing much. So it's different, definitely different. And then there's the like rising signs and ascending signs and all kinds of Oh man, I didn't like realize that. there were so many. There's a lot. There's like a full chart that you can figure out and be like, oh, my like Jupiter is in it's like 12th degree and it's all kinds of crazy things like that. Something. Yeah. How did all that start? Is I this like know. a fairly Some recent? scientist or something. Is this recent though? Do you know? Like, I is don't this... know. This is all from astrology, right? Astrology. But yeah. astrology has been around for a very, very long time. Like mm -hmm. before the US was even a thing. Like back in like Galileo days or whatever. Because, you know, like there's the constellations and horoscopes are based off of those. Like in the sun's, like the star's positionings or whatever. I wonder how old horoscopes are. I don't know. They've just kind of always been That's around. That's the age-old question. Right? The world may never know. Who knows? Huh. Oh, I did not realize there were so many. You hear people, some people get really into horoscopes. They're yeah. Like, oh, I'm... And then they just added that new one for people born after 2010. They have a new horoscope? Yeah. There's a 13th one, which is Ornificus, which is like a snake. It looks like the... A medical symbol with the two snakes going up the little pole or whatever kind of looks like that um but it's for people born after 2010 and it changes all of the date all of the dates for everybody's horoscopes but only people who are born uh after 2010 everybody before 2010 it's still the original 12 so they could just add new ones who i mean who's adding i don't know new, why like, they what? added the new one i don't know how why. does that work I have no idea. I just heard of it. Just, I oh, saw we need it. a 13th one. We're going to bust this one out. I don't know. Who knows? I think it has to do with like how many constellations are actually in the sky or something like that. Huh. Or within, I don't know. Who I'm no scientist. I got to get some astrologer on yeah. now to be like, hey, I, I need I'm to sure if you go about. hang out at the plaza in Arcata long That's enough, someone point. will tell you. If I just go <laughs> start working on like a beaded necklace, somebody's going to yeah. walk up and be like, hey man, what's your sign? Yeah. And then we can chat.
I'm a Capri Sun. What's yours? Yeah. yeah. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm too out. I'm an asparagus. Too much. Yeah. That's that's something I'd say. I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm I'm a papaya or <laughs> something. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm a Scorpio. I've never I never really got into. So, I, I think don't really Scorpio's around is. November or something. Yeah, I'm November seventh, so I'm yep. probably that then. Yeah. Okay. Because Jeffrey Star's a Scorpio too, and he's a oh, ruthless businessman. Oh shit. Yeah. Well, hopefully. I don't make his same mistakes then. No, I think you're good. Yeah. I mean, we're probably okay. Yeah. Different paths. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, we just did two hours, man. We did? Yeah. Just Ta- like everybody else says. Right? How'd that go by so fast? Uh, I'm waiting for somebody to come on and be like, yeah, it felt like two hours. And I'll be like, okay, my bad. Yeah. Um, it feels like I just sat down. It does, doesn't it? Like normally when I'm sitting for two hours, I'm like, you feel wow. It. You like my back up. hurts. Like... My butt hurts. I want to stand up. I want to go somewhere. Right. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. Like, no, I'm just there's, chilling. There's something about podcasting. I haven't quite figured it out. Yeah. But it, it pulls you in in a weird way. Exactly. Uh, do you want to plug where people can find you or any yeah. of your stuff? So um, you can find me on Instagram at drag ultra. That's just drag. And then U-L-T-R-A. I think I spelled that wrong, but that's okay. Wait, yeah, no, I spelled it right. Yeah, there we go. I've changed my name too many times. But anyways, uh, Instagram at Drag Ultra, Facebook, uh, Skylar Celeste. Um, what else? Uh, I'm on TikTok, uh, also Drag Ultra. So um, find me there. I have one TikTok that actually blew up. It's over 300,000 views. Oh, wow. Yeah. Whoa. None of my others have gotten that close. But you know what? Was it a drag TikTok or what? It was. Oh, wow. It was related to um, me doing a famous drag move called the death drop. And that's like a little like dance move or whatever. And it said like, why do my back, why, like, it was like me, why does my back hurt? And then also me. And then it was just a compilation of me doing all of those. Huh. Oh, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. So it was fun to have that like blow up, be my yeah. little 15 seconds of fame before I get actual fame. Yeah. Before you get on the TV show. Yeah. Well, I'll have to bring you back on, man. Once you get there, we're going to talk about yes. it. Yes. Oh my God. I would love this. to come back after I get on Drag Race. I can tell you everything. Yeah. We'll, and get, like, we'll get the details. Yeah. That would be super cool. Awesome. And then that time I'll come in drag too. Okay. Shit. That'd be fun. That's something for everyone to look forward to. Yeah. I'd love to be in a garage in the middle of the day in drag. Yeah. I <laughs> pimped out a little It garage. looks good. Yeah, I, I've seen the steady it. progression. It's one night there. I watched almost like every single one of the podcasts. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming yes, on. Man. I had a great you. time talking with you. That was yeah, awesome. It was so much fun. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Thanks, guys.